0: Three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. (coughs) Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple, and this is your... Humble Host Hunter here. Got a new review here for y'all for the latest uh, Disney offering in uh, Encanto, which is directed by two directors this time around uh, Jared Bush and uh, Brian Howard. Jared Bush has worked with Disney before. He was a screenwriter on Moana and a co director and screenwriter on uh, Zootopia and was the uh, screenwriter on Moana uh quite a hell of a pedigree there goddamn um and then uh uh Byron Howard he was a director on uh, Tangled which by the way is better than either Frozen film uh he also directed Bolt which i think is a very underrated uh Disney film Winnihan then uh, was a director on Zootopia was an executive producer on uh Frozen 2 and was the uh, writer, uh, uh, screenwriter and director for A Tangled Ever After, which I never saw. But all that to say, there is a pedigree behind this film. And this, this movie, I will say, this made me really happy. When you look at the amount of diversity in this movie, oh my God. I am looking through my notes here. I took barely a half page of notes because... Honestly, this is one of the more enjoyable Disney films I've seen in a minute. Uh, I haven't reviewed uh, Luca yet. I've heard I've heard mixed things on it. I'm excited to watch it here uh, soon. But my biggest complaint about this movie is I just don't know if I like this more than Raya and the Last Dragon. I mean, these are two similar movies in the sense that Uh, past things that have happened in our families go ahead and affect us in the present. But I don't know. This movie it hits all those beats that I need a movie like this to hit. But (coughs) pardon me. Before I get to the actual movie, I have to bring up this really quickly. So there is a short uh, that plays in front of this movie. And when I say a short I mean an actual short. This isn't some Olaf shit, this is an actual short that plays beforehand, and the short is called uh, F- uh, Far From the Tree, and I will say right now, Far From the Tree was one of those movies that as I was watching it, I went, oh my god, I kind of don't have the words to just wrap, to really express how insanely ...beautiful that short is, it's uh, very much like the, uh, what's the one short, Uh, bow I want to say, or uh, the one with the dog, I think it's called Feast, Uh, it just falls in line with those shorts where you go, oh god, I'm crying, why am I crying, damn you Disney, and I will say I was weeping heading into this movie, (laughs) and then you get someone like uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda to go ahead and do the music, he's kind of talented, and this movie, the biggest compliment I can give this movie, it's an hour and four. It's an hour and thirty nine minutes. It moves at a very good pace. I never feel like the film was dragging at any point. And the animation, I yes, it's a Disney. Of course, the animation is going to look good. But what I'm loving about these movies that are focusing more on diverse you know, diverse families, Some films like Moana and Princess and the Frog and things like that. I love how the color palette is changing. And the color palette in this movie, holy crap, it is beautiful, it is vibrant. The the fact that they have a house that goes ahead and houses, pun intended, all this magic, the fact that the house is really its own character... And that, that character essentially dies halfway through the movie, and we go on this journey to bring this character back to life. It's actually really clever, and it's something that I went, yeah, I am, I'm kind of all about this. The fact that the animators and Lynn Manuel uh, uh, Miranda, I'm sure there are deep conversations about what this house represents. And when you think about and I'll just, you know, I'll say as a, uh, as a, Uh, person of color, having that house, having that place where you can gather, you know, for for me as a kid, it would definitely be just, you know, putting on my headphones and going for a walk or it would be the basketball court. Having that place where you can just rest and that you can have people around and go ahead and have people, pardon me, embrace you and love on you and having that place that feels like home. I found that message incredibly beautiful here, and it's one of a couple messages I personally took away from this film that really made me enjoy it. So, uh, Mirabelle is played by, uh, or voiced by, uh, Stephanie Beatrice. You, of course, know her as Rosa, Rosa, from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I, I just, I'm such a huge fan of hers, and I am so happy that her career... It has just hit this trajectory. She's an incredible actress and we don't deserve her. And I will say for her, she voices this character in such a way that you feel how just uncertain she is in every move she makes because she's the only kid in this family, in the uh, in the uh, magical family that doesn't have a gift. And it's actually pretty sad the way they portray it. Early on, it's definitely played off for jokes, but as the situation gets dot di- more and more dire and these things go ahead and start happening that go ahead and threaten, you know, this house, their home, and everyone kinda starts to turn on her. You go, Oh shit, this is actually really fucking sad. And, you know, if she had a power, maybe she could, you know, <laughs> kinda kinda help fix this shit. But i love the way that she is i love the way that she is just struggling through this movie and and you feel for her you really do feel for her um but one thing i'll say about her character is that i love the way that everyone in this movie looks different i love the way that everyone in this movie uh <laughs> i can't think of another i can't think of a clever way to say it so i'll just say looks ethnic because. You know how there's that period, and you could argue we're still in that period, how Disney with the princes, they are just like, all right, as long as they have that, you know, that chiseled jawline, we change out the colors, they better stay white. As long as we do that, it's fine. But everyone in this movie, I mean, there are people who are tall, there are people who are short, there are, you know, there are women who are thick, there are women who are, you know, model looking. Like, it's, it's very much a wide range of how <clears throat> everyone looks, and they're... You know, there are people here who are darker skinned, who are lighter skinned, like, like it really does cover the spectrum, and I really appreciate that, because Lord knows there's nothing, more, there's nothing more irritating than watching these movies, and they go, oh man, we're all about diversity, yeah, and everyone, even though they're darker, still looks the fucking same, I'm very happy that they went out of their way to make sure that people look different, so... You know, good job, Disney. Keep doing this shit, you know. But one of the big themes about this movie that ties into the the short that plays beforehand is generational uh, trauma. And without getting to the uh, the spoilers of it, the matriarch of the family is played by uh, is played by. Oh, my gosh. I have her name here by uh, uh, Abuela uh, oh, sorry, pardon me, as a uh, played by uh, Maria Cecilia Bonte- uh, Botero, she plays uh, Abuela, and her backstory and kind of what ties into the candle, the candle's great and all, but when you find out what had to happen for the, the candle to be lit and for this house to become magical, it is fucking dark in a way that I went, huh, we're starting off with this. Okay, fair enough. It's it's pretty intense, and the way that ties into trauma later on is something I just went, yeah, yeah, I really like the way you actually did that. Well, well played movie. And it gets to something that I think kids are gonna want to go ahead. And this is something that if you're if you're a parent, you definitely want to talk to your kids about because This movie kind of hinges on, again, without spoiling anything, about how Mirabelle is misunderstood. But it's because it's people that are older than her thinking that she's being ungrateful, thinking she's being jealous because she doesn't have the power. And really getting to generational trauma and how you break that and how just because you're older doesn't mean you automatically get respect. How you actually need to talk to the younger generation, as well as the younger generation needs to talk to the older generation and go ahead and mend, uh, you know, mend those misconceptions and break those away and go ahead and build these bridges with very clear lines of communication. And I really love the way that the film gets into that. And there is a scene by, uh, by, a, ri- uh, by a river later on in the film that I will say that just made me just fucking weep i was like holy hell it's just it's a beautifully well done scene and there are multiple scenes like that in the movie um i don't want to get into who he plays because his character is important but john loquizamo i have been the first to admit and i've talked about him before he is very hit and miss for me you know for every you know moulin rouge and romeo and juliet you know he'll he'll do some you know some dumb shit, like playing with fire, you know, in between all that, so, but he's great in here, and he actually has probably the uh, one of the bigger emotional arcs in the film, and where his character ends up, I was pleasantly surprised, and I actually was sitting there going, okay, I really appreciate where we leave off with him, and it actually... Almost makes me like Jean Locosamo a little more. Uh, the, the music in here, holy crap. So, the opening song, the family uh, madrigal, is so fucking well done. And I was sitting in my seat going like, like I was definitely dancing in my seat, like, Mm-mm-mm. like you can't see me dancing, but I'm dancing right now. <laughs> I love that opening scene. And there is a song about two of the siblings who very clearly from Jump do not get along. And it kind of culminates in the song called What Else Can I Do? And that song in particular just had me just crying all over again. And the fact that the movie made me cry in multiple points, I mean, bravo movie, but this is one of those films that I really think that kids are going to see and go, you know what? I want to see that again. And this is coming out quick on Disney Plus. This is Out Christmas Eve, I believe I read, on Disney Plus. So, it's something that if you haven't seen it, you don't have to wait too long to see it on Disney Plus in the comfort of your own home. But honestly, if you want to go ahead and see something with the kids, if Ghostbusters Afterlife is a little too scary maybe for them, take the kids to go see this. They will have a ton of fun with it. Uh I just absolutely adored this movie. I enjoyed the themes of this movie. I enjoyed the the comedy. Uh there, there's a lot of jokes here that, uh, that involve the house that I actually did find really funny. I was like, okay, these are these are really fun. And then the emotional beats when they need to hit, they fucking hit. Especially in that third act. And there's just a the last song in particular. Or kind of the actually that's a spoiler. There, there's a song later on in like the last 15-20 minutes or so of the film that just got me all over again it's like oh you bastards but i would really encourage people to see this this is something that's well worth your time and look y'all i know it's kind of cliche to say that disney has a good animated film what a shocker but there is a reason they keep hitting in the way they do and this is you Know Disney has this floor for a reason. Do I think this is better than Raya and The Last Dragon? For me, no. I believe I gave Raya an A. I want to say I'm gonna give this, uh, I'm gonna give this a B. Plus. And I have a very kind of weird nitpick, but bear with me. There the way that the kids are given their powers is treated as this you know this big ceremony it actually shows uh Mir- uh mirabelle's uh, um ceremony from earlier in the uh, from earlier in her life and that scene's fucking tragic but the way that they have um uh, the, the one kid this one kid who can talk to animals who's voiced by uh, ravi uh, Cabot, uh conyers his uh his name's antonio in the movie and he can speak to animals, and the way they go ahead and show the actual ceremony, it's absolutely beautiful, and it feels like an epic thing, you know, on the scale that it should be, given that you're getting fucking powers to use for the rest of your life, but what I I didn't like is that everyone that has powers, and there are multiple kids in this film who do have powers, we don't get to see everyone's room, and it just kind of, makes you feel this disconnection from the characters, considering there are already so many characters anyway. It was just this thing I went, yeah, I kind of want to know how your powers work in relation to how your living space looks. And it was just kind of a thing that the more I thought about, I went, yeah, that does bother me. So I'm going to stop just short of giving it an A minus. I know some people are going to go like, really, dude? But it's a nitpick, but it is something that the more I thought about, I went, it this does bother me. But I'm going to give this a solid B+. This is well worth your time. And honestly, on a rewatch, this might even bump up to an A- for me. Who who knows? But for right now, I'm going to stick with the B+. But watch this. Watch this as soon as you can. It is an absolute joy. And you'll probably cry. And, you know, it's a good crying, though. Because hopefully this is something that will really help Motivate people to want to go ahead and fix their own families and be more involved with their family, be more involved with their community. That is one. That is something that uh, the matriarch, that uh, Abuela brings up that I love. The fact that, yes, we got these powers and we've been blessed. How can we use these powers to influence our community and better our community? Which is something that we should really all be asking in general. But I absolutely love that that's a conversation that's had. But... I digress. Uh, in in conto, have you seen it? What did you think of it? You can follow yours truly on the Twitter on J, at uh, J Real Go ahead and like both our Facebook pages at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games on Facebook. You can follow yours truly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp to name a few spots at The Real Pineapple. Um, Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We are heading to, you know, the peak time of the year, as I call it, where... You know, all the screeners are coming out. All the Oscar movies are coming out. So, we will have reviews up here soon for Belfast, The Harder They Fall. Uh, Oh, God, what else? Uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Of course, that's coming out uh, in a couple weeks. I'm buying my tickets tomorrow. And I will be starting the 12 days of holiday reviews here coming up in the next couple weeks. uh, We will have 12 days of, for me, Christmas, but holidays, obviously, for Everyone who doesn't celebrate the holiday, but we will go ahead and have 12 days of holiday reviews leading up to December 25th. That will start around uh, December 5th. Uh, so I'm gonna have reviews up for Home Sweet, Home Alone, and uh, Klaus, to name a few movies. And I uh, will have reviews up here for more Oscar films, including uh, The Last Duel and Spencer, coming up as well. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate your support. Wear a mask, get your COVID shot, get your booster, uh, take care of each other, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.